Hi, and welcome to the Tribute Radio Podcast, where we burn to believe. If you are new here, then hello, I'm Carla. And I'm Grace. In this episode, we will be discussing the upcoming prequel, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Since we are less than a week out from the book's release, we thought we would dedicate this episode to speculation, theories, and what we would like to see from the newest addition to the world of Panem. Before you listen, we will let you know that this will contain spoilers um, related to the book. Nothing like canon material, but stuff that's been released so far will be discussed in here. So Mm -hmm. just a fair warning to everybody that wants to listen. Yeah, we're going to be discussing stuff that's from the, you know, original Hunger Games trilogy. But I don't really think that merits a spoiler warning. We're going to be talking about stuff from that just in case y'all need a heads up. But yeah. So once again, grab yourself a nice cup of tea, coffee, water, or whatever you may prefer, and buckle up. We hope you enjoy listening. So the first thing that we're going to be discussing is the synopsis, which is from Amazon's listing. It's basically what the book is about and everything. And so what it says is ambition will fuel him, competition will drive him, but power has its price. It's the morning of the reaping that will kick off the 10th annual Hunger Games. In the capital, 18-year-old Coriolanus Snow is preparing for his one shot at glory as a mentor in the games. The once mighty house of Snow has fallen on hard times. Its fate hanging on the slender chance that Coriolanus will be able to outcharm, outwit, and outmaneuver his fellow students to mentor the winning tribute. The odds are against him. He's been given the humiliating assignment of mentoring the female tribute from District 12, the lowest of the low. Their fates are now completely intertwined. Every choice Coriolanus makes could lead to favor or failure, triumph or ruin. Inside the arena, it will be a fight to the death. Outside the arena, Coriolanus starts to feel for his doomed tribute. Anne must weigh his need to follow the rules against his desire to survive no matter what it takes. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting synopsis from amazon a lot to be unpacked there yeah a lot it's interesting that it's the right away we know that it's the 10th games which is right 10th games does it tell us that yeah 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 10th games oh yeah which kind of brings us into the first topic which is what we know so far based off of what um the ballad of songbirds and snakes official accounts have given or the book has told us um you know, things that have been, and the yeah, things that have been released and everything. So first things first, obviously, is characters. Um, the first one that we all obviously know is the protagonist, Coriolanus, Coriolanus Snow. The, it's a mouthful. The worst name in history. Um, we find out that he's 18. Um, he comes from a family that's down on its luck, um, poor, but hiding it because um, obviously he's embarrassed that, embarrassed about that class status. It's kind of a secret. Um, he's a, He was alive during the war. And yeah. Yeah. So what we're basing the characters off, of, like what we know from the characters, is from the 11 first minutes of the yes. book. Just to let yeah. you guys Not know. Not off of like the trilogy um, of the Hunger Games at all. Yeah. This is what was released to us in like the first 11 minutes that was given off of Entertainment Weekly. Yes. And the other character that uh, was mentioned in the synopsis was the unnamed District 12 tribute. Um, so she has been assigned to, to be Snow's tribute. And from what we can infer, she's meant to be the songbirds in the title. You know, Coriolanus is a snake. She's a songbird. So, um, you kind of get from the synopsis that, 
uh, Coriolanus feels bad, or at least some kind of sympathy for her. And it's implied that she's going to give him a hard time. Yeah, I'm excited for her. I'm I'm, I'm feeling like I'm really going to like her. Favorite. I feel like she's going to be my favorite. Oh, yeah. Uh, the next character that we know is Tigress. And we don't know if she's like Tigress Snow or if she has a different last name, but she is Coriolanus's cousin. Um, she's very helpful. She implies that, or the book implies that, or I guess kind of Snow says this in the 11 minutes that she sells her body. Um, she's overall a sweet person, but she's very vulnerable. She's 21 and she was alive as well during the war. Um, and she also wants to be a designer. So I'm really um, super, super interested to see how like her designer aspect plays in this book because she is a stylist mm-hmm. later on for the games. So that'd be super yeah. cool. And you also know down the line that Tigress is actually advocating for the death of her cousin. Like in That Rocking is true, Day, yeah. With Katniss is like, I'm going to kill Snow. And she just like looks at her like with, with kind of a smile on her face. So I wonder like what makes this fam- family relationship get to this point where she's like advocating the death of her younger cousin. Yeah. And another member of the House of Snow is Grandma Snow. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh I feel like I feel like she's gonna be like a funny character, but like nobody, like it isn't the intention of her to be a funny character. Like Suzanne Collins did not intend to her for her to be like that kind of comic comedic relief. But um, this lady cannot sing. Uh, <laughs> she, um, what was the name of the of the new song that was? She was singing a song in the first eleven minutes. It was she was like singing it throughout the eleven minutes, but I don't remember the name of it now, and I kind of feel bad that I didn't write it down. But um. Yeah, she's she's been like a constant figure in Coriolanus and Tigress's life as a child. Um, she's very devoted to the capital, and she's stuck in the past because she still thinks that their family is like still on top, that they aren't like down on its luck still. And so there's something that she says in the first eleven minutes that kind of stuck out was when Coriolanus is president. So she ha- she's very, I don't know, maybe she's psychic. We don't know, but she. She thinks that the House of Snow is, like, still doing well right now. Um, yeah, and she's kind of an unpredictable character. Yeah. I actually did write it down before, and I had to grab my notebook very quietly, but it's called the Gem of Penham, <laughs> and it's the capital anthem. Yeah. I, I will highlight the crap out of this book when I get it, because I feel like that song in itself is something that we should have discussed um, when the book comes oh, out. Oh, yeah. And we have, like, the, the title. Oh, yeah. Like, the title. Okay, and you want to talk about this next character? Yeah, so actually these next two characters we really don't know much about, um, and I'm going to butcher their names, but it's Dean Casca Highbottom, um, and he created the games. He's the dean of the academy. And then the next character is Livia Cardew, and um, somehow she's related to Fulvia Cardew, who -hmm. was Plutarch's um, assistant in Mockingjay. And there's also Clementia Dovecoat, which I think is the coolest yet weirdest name of the bunch. But um, she's mentoring the District 11 boy and she's the top student in the academy. I kind of like her a lot. I have no clue what she's about, but I like her name. I like what information we've been given. <laughs> and I don't know. I feel like she's kind of kind of going to be like one of those annoying characters for Snow, but a character that I'm just going to like secretly enjoy. Oh, absolutely. Um. And it says that she's the daughter of the energy secretary. 
So compared to Snow, I feel like her family is doing pretty well, and that's going to be some sort of tension for the two. And the last character is, well, their president. So they're the current president of Pan Am, President Ravenstill. And it's not really confirmed, but but there's a lot of speculation that he's the first president after the dark days, after the war. So, yeah. Is there any character here that you're, besides, like, District 12, the girl from District 12 or Snow, that you're just, like, really looking forward to knowing more about? Honestly, I'm going to be super basic here um, and say Tigress. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually a question from Clove Never Misses on Instagram that asked, what dynamic do you think Tigress and Snow will have in the book? And I think I, I, I don't know. I'm just really excited to learn more about it because in the in the trilogy of the Hunger Games trilogy, um, mm-hmm. uh, she um, tells Katniss that Snow no longer wanted her to be a stylist of the game because she wasn't pretty enough. And I find this yeah. really interesting, especially in the beginning of it. In the 11 minutes that we read, it's to- we were told that she um, sells her body and she's just overall a very good person. And then down the road, when Snow's president and much older, he's like selling victors, like he's selling their bodies and he's telling her that she's not pretty. So I'm really curious to see if when their falling out is, because I'm sure they're going to have one in this book. And if- oh, I didn't make that connection between Snow, like what Snow did to Finnick and what Tigress is doing to herself right now. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good connection you made there because I did not make it. Yeah, I just um, I'm super super interested in in that. Do you have anything to add to that at all, Carla? Um, well, I feel like you got it mostly. I I really want to meet Tigress. I I I want to know like what caused that rift between them, like you said. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I kind of want to know why Tigress like wants him dead afterwards, like, and why Snow even does what he does to her because she's actually protecting him. Like she's the older out yeah, of the two, so that's true. Kind of, kind of horrible thing he did right there. But it's President Snow. What else can we expect? That's true. <laughs> um, well, I the character I'm looking forward to meeting, besides the District Twelve girl, obviously, is. Clementia Dubko, as I mentioned, I I don't know. I I like her name. She has a really cool name. Most of the capital like citizens have like weird names, like Casca. Who the hell names their their kid Casca? Yeah, I feel sorry for the kid. If there's someone named Casca listening, I am sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like out of the characters that we know, I'm I'm really looking forward to meeting more. Yeah, me too. I'm 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 really looking forward to it. And on top of the characters, we also have, obviously, the plot and the stuff that we know so far about it. And we know that it takes place during the 10th Games Reaping. Well, it starts during, like, the day of the 10th Hunger Games Reaping, um, as we kind of mentioned before. Um, And during this time, the games are not like the ones that we read about in Katniss's story. Um, They're held Mm -hmm. in, like, a coliseum. They're very gladiator style. So... I'm very curious to see how the game makers play out in this and how sponsorships work and everything, because it'll be a completely different battlefield. And speaking of that, it's also the first year with mentors who are chosen from a pile of seniors that go to the academy in the capital. I was also really interested in seeing how they're going to like like the whole logistics of the game. Because, you know, like, seventy, like in the 74th game, it was like, the technology has advanced. Oh, yeah. I mean, District, District 3 has been doing some stuff to, like, help out the capital. 
So um, it's really going to be interesting seeing how they're going to do like sponsorships, how they're going to do with like the parachutes. How How is that whole going to like, how is that going to work out as a whole? Um, but yeah, another thing that was really interesting in like the first uh, few minutes that we heard of the book was that there's a black market in the capital and that's super they're still recovering yeah like there's like this underbelly of the capital that still isn't doing well that still isn't at its height as it was in the the like the times of Katniss and Peeta and yeah so um what we do know from the plot also is that President Snow was was living during like the war during the siege of the capital and that they haven't recovered yet obviously his family hasn't recovered and another cool thing that's sort of like a trivia tidbit is that there's a place called Heavensby Hall. So it kind of implies that Plutarch Heavensby comes from a very prominent family, just like Snow. Yeah. I'm curious also with the Heavensby mention, if um, Plutarch and Snow like meet each other and all, because they do have that, um, you know, yeah. he does host the quarter quell for Catching Fire. So obviously he is very important to Snow to some degree. So I'm really curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, I wonder how how old Plutarch is. If you, I feel like he's always deferred to Snow as like an elder, so he might just be a little bit younger than Snow is right now. Yeah. So who knows? We might see like a little preteen baby or whatever Plutarch in this book. Maybe who knows? That'd be kind of cool if we did younger little Plutarch running around Plutarch, Plutarchy, Plutarch, whatever. Plutarch, Plutarch, <laughs> Plutarch. Um, this is the same thing as the Clado Plato thing discussion. Listen, I'm doing the best I can. I mean, do better. Do better. <laughs> be. Okay, so for this next segment, we're just going to talk about theories and speculation for this book. Um, so stuff that it's basically it's just basically our opinions. So, um. Grace, what do you think about, like, romance in this book overall? Is it going to happen? Do you want it to happen? So we kind of discussed this a little bit in our shipping podcast, um, but I am all for it 100%. Um, I think it'll be really, I think it would be really cool to learn about it and, well, not learn about it, but to have it in the book because it would be interesting to see how it ties in with the future of how President Snell reacts to Katniss's, um, Mm -hmm. you know, love story with Peta. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um I think it would just add like more layers on top of like the whole interactions with Snow and Katniss and Catching Fire and how he's like convince me. You don't need to convince everybody else. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a big thing there, yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like it would add a lot more depth to his character to have romance. Now, we're not necessarily saying that it has to be with a District 12 girl, but come on. We want we want it to be. Yeah. Um, Who else would it be with the uh, the dove coat? No, she's no. She would probably eat him up. <laughs> That's very true. I know nothing. I know nothing about her, and I'm already a Clementia dove coat stand. <laughs> we exist. Okay, but yeah, I feel like it would parallel really nicely with you know the the constructed relationship of Peta and Katniss and. The whole, I feel like we had like tribute, tribute already. It might, it would be nice to get like mentor tribute. Oh, yeah. Even though that's like something that's heavily featured in fan fictions. But yeah, I'm all for it. Um, now, another thing is 
So we know that the Heavens Be family is as big a family as, you know, the Snows because they have a hall. They have a hall dedicated to them in the Academy. So does this imply that they're related? Like, does this imply anything to their Hunger Games? Like, does it go outside of that? Are they rich or I don't know, like everything that has to do with Heavens Be family? Like, what do you think about that? So I think since they are such a, you know, well-known family in the capital, um, they could be um, the reason why game makers are introduced to the games. Like maybe we don't even have game makers in the 10th Hunger Games and they add mm-hmm. them later. Um, I I mean, it'd be or um, because he's a game maker and because he knows so many things that surround an arena, um, will his future, blah, 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 will his future... <laughs> you know dictate the way that the arena goes like is he going to be the reason why hey we should you know put these somewhere else and make this force field and throw these kids into like a a different type of thing because it'll be more engaging I'm really interested to to learn about him because I feel like this book could either kind of make me see him as a little bit of a villain or more of a hero like he was in Mockingjay um yeah, I've never really felt either or towards Plutarch. I've always felt like a little bit annoyed by him because he has like the worst timing and he really doesn't know how to read the room. That's true. But you know, at the end of Mockingjay, he kind of he kind of comes out like the whole of the series. Where was it that he's like, um, "We're stupid, fickle beings, and we're probably gonna like do this all over mm-hmm. again. Like we don't like we don't learn." Yeah. So there has to be something in like that happens to Plutarch. Um, that he learns from and he realizes that no this isn't just we are going to beat these people this one time and then everything is going to be fine like he has to have seen some sort of cycle of corruption while that's growing up that's true yeah time as a that's a so, good point yeah I'm I'm looking forward to knowing more about like the, the capital citizens that we met in uh, Mockingjay and seeing like what led them to have these beliefs later on yeah yeah. And you, you brought up a really um, interesting point that I kind of just blacked out on for a second. But um, mm-hmm. you mentioned the, the cycle of things um, in the 11 minutes of the book that we got to re- that we got to listen to snow sort of just a little bit shows a little mm-hmm. bit of like a not like a hatred towards the games, but he's just not excited for it at all. Like he almost calls in and says like, hey, I don't want to go do this. So I'm curious if, yeah, like, yeah. if, like, he's, like, he's not for it. And then Heavens Be recognizes that in Snow. But then when Snow becomes president, the cycle just continues. And instead of, like, you know, ending it all, he wants it to keep going. Kind of like coin, in a sense. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good parallel with him and coin. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I really, I really feel like Snow might not have been. Because it's implied also that the ca- the capital citizens aren't really all about the Hunger Games. Like, they need some convincing in the early stages. Like, you kind of need a brainwash a society to, like, condone the murder of children every year. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Snow necessarily is all, like, we need to abolish it this instant because he kind of sees the games as, you know, this opportunity to rise in social status. Um, but, yeah, he kind of doesn't take it as seriously as he should for a student of the academy but yeah i feel like that will change later on obviously yeah i'm sure it will okay and for our next 
topic is the tenth, the the victor of the tenth Hunger Games. Now, if it's not the District Twelve girl, I'm I'm gonna be really surprised. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, I'll be I'll be genuinely surprised as well. Cause um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, no, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say that we know that there are two from you know the the first the first books. Sorry, we know that there are two tr- tribute from. Oh my god, I cannot speak tonight. We know that there are two tributes from District Twelve before Katniss and Peeta, and that one died. We don't know if they're if they're male or female, but we know that the other tribute that one, the other victor that one was Hamish. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, down here we have a quote about that from The Hunger Games, and it's told from Katniss's point of view, which I think is really important to mention because all that we know about this this world is told from Katniss's point of view and that kind of um colors how very, we see things it's a very biased point yeah. of view so this is during the 74th reaping and this is also Hamish's introduction so Katniss says then he reads the list of past district 12 victors in 74 years we have had exactly two only one is still alive so yeah the only one that's still alive is obviously Hamish Abernathy, our resident drunk. But the first one has has passed. But Katniss doesn't touch more upon that. So maybe it's her. Maybe I mean, it'd be interesting because I don't I don't remember if Katniss mentioned this at all. But um, you know the fact that she kind of just glossed over it and didn't say much about her. You know maybe there's yeah. a reason why, and that reason could be because it was you know President Snow's baby mama. <laughs> or i was thinking the way that this could have been reasoned is that you know her death was sort of like kept on the on the down low like whatever happened to her oh yeah was it to be a spectacle yeah so maybe it was like an accident like an accident in district 12 or whatever like that but um yeah i feel like there there was something like to her death she would have mentioned it or something like that like she got taken away by the capital or something like you know something that proves that there's more to be said. But, you know, since Katniss is really just an ordinary citizen right now, she's not going to know much about the first um, winner of the games. And speak, yeah, she's going to be the first winner from District 12 if she wins this. Because mm-hmm. there are only four in total. Katniss, Peta, Hamish, and then unnamed Victor. So hopefully it's her. I'm going to be really surprised if it isn't. Um, isn't Mads the, the winner of Eleven? Mm-hmm. yeah okay I feel like do you think we're gonna get anything related towards mags I'm gonna be completely honest and say no mm-hmm. I don't think so I feel like just because she lives in district four and I just I just don't think that at this point I don't I don't know what would bring her into the story I I don't know how she'd be introduced if she was yeah I have to agree with that because um if this is going to be set in the capital you know how are we gonna how are we gonna get to district four yeah exactly or maybe or maybe you know this book is the longest book it's like 600 pages or so i mean being speaking realistically i don't think it'll happen do i hope it'll happen so we can get like any glimpse at district four definitely yeah same but yeah um i hope she wins i really do hope she wins because if not i'm gonna get attached to this character for nothing (laughs) same honestly I mean, it's not the first time I get attached to a character that dies, but that's more, that's for a later discussion. 
Yeah, and, okay. you know, so... kind of going off of characters that people are super attached to, this brings up our next topic, which is the controversy that surrounds this book. And something yeah. that is, um, I think the biggest issue that people have regarding this book is mm-hmm. that in an era of, you know, complex villains, um, the audiences are kind of, you know, not really here for it. And sometimes it's easier for people to just hate a villain simply because they are a villain and not because they are a good villain. And by good, yeah. I mean like a well-written, thought-out villain like Snow actually mm-hmm. is and Kylo Ren. Yeah. Oop. Uh, whoop. Oop. Oop. Um, but go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, is Kylo Ren really a villain? He's just a victim of That's his, very like, true. Action. That's a good point. But, oh, my, oh my God. The, the, the people listening to this are going to be like, oh my God, they're Kylo Ren apologists. <laughs> we have to. But um, yeah, aside from that, I feel like Snow is a really well-written villain. He isn't just like this nefarious, like, mustache twirling guy who's just like ooh, I, i'm here to kill children like i feel like his his motivations while murky they are compelling to read about and i'm exactly. really excited i'm really really excited to know like what made him turn out that way and i don't think suzanne collins is gonna like turn this book into like a, a reason why he should be you know forgiven for what he does i don't think she's gonna do that yeah well, I, I wanted to, like, talk about um, how people are kind of angry that it's Snow who we got a spinoff of and not, like, somebody like Finnick or yeah. Johanna or other characters. That's another, that's another like, huge issue that people are having. I think the Snow yeah. one and the fact that it's not about someone else is, like, a really big issue for people. Yeah, people, I mean, listen, obviously I'm much more of a Finnick or a Johannistan or any, like, I would I would much rather like learn more about Phoenix or you know anybody's life than like the villain. I don't think anybody like reads a villain or sees a villain and they're like, "Ooh, I I kind of want to know what they were like as a baby," you know? Yeah. Like I don't think that's anybody's like first instinct. Albeit like I I want to learn more about Snow. I'm not saying that I don't, but think of it this way. We already got the experience of like reading a tribute winning the games like if we were to get a Finnick novel or a Johanna novel or Hamish or you know any of the victors who won it kind of would have been the same thing exactly and I feel like it would be more compelling to read a story that's based in the capital and talks about like the other side of the games like trying to keep someone alive during the games and not being like a person who's actively participating in it yeah to kind of go off on that I wonder if we'll actually get like points of view from the district 12 girl like as she's in the games or we're, if we're just going to see it like from snow watching the games does that make sense yeah that actually i think there was um something that was brought up was that it's told in third person like we aren't yeah. you know we aren't like hearing snow i say or you know i put the cabbage yeah in, yeah you like, know what i mean yeah so i yeah, am like the first you know person. very curious to see if there are snippets of the games because I think that'd be super, 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 super sick to read about since it is such a gladiator way of fighting. I really, I'm really looking forward to like having this book set so far, like so back into the past because like we see how, you know, how the games are just starting out and, you know, how the capital had to eventually build a culture of like, oh, this is like entertainment that only comes once a year and like the capital goes wild over yeah. it. So. Um, yeah, I hope we get like some sort of look into what the games are like. I don't think it'll necessarily be like 
based upon like what the district 12 girl is experiencing i feel like it'll more it'll be more about um Coriolanus snow watched as like this happened and like you know i feel like it'll be a third person but more focused on like what president snow is feeling mm-hmm. while watching yeah i agree and going back to like people being upset about it not being about someone else because it's in the capital i think for me personally and I kind of talked about this in a YouTube video that I did where I discussed like how I felt about this book a little bit um Mm -hmm. for people that are in this fandom that are content creators that they make edits and fan fictions and stuff like that when you have a specific character and you've grown attached for it for so long or to attach attached to it to them for so long like Finnick or Johanna you have this world that you put them in and there's been so much content fan fiction wise that I've personally read for years and years and years that I have my own idea of how these characters were brought up and how these characters yeah live before the games and so, like like I said in the last episode I'm a huge Kato and Clove shipper and Kato and Clove are like the sole reason why I'm like literally still in this fandom because I create so much content surrounding the life of a career and I feel like if Suzanne Collins were to come out and say, like, hey, here's a story about Cato and Clove before they went to the Hunger Games, I feel like everything that I've done for the last eight years related to Cato and Clove would kind of just get thrown out the window, although it yeah. wouldn't at the same time. It really would because all of that world building and all of that, you know, original content that I've been creating for years and years and years, I feel like would just kind of get squashed on. And I, although I would support Suzanne Collins 100% and I would buy the book and I'd eat it up 100% as I mean, well. I you'd go crazy. I would go, Kato Clove, I would go crazy, go stupid. But at the same time, like, you know, I write fan fiction and I have a specific last name for Clove, which is Rivers, and the last name for Cato, which is Rawls. And all the time I have people telling me that, no, Clove's last name is Kentwell and no, Cato's last name is Hadley. And it's like, no, their last name is whatever I want it to be. So Who came up with that? I don't know. They say it's canon, and it's just like, it's not canon. So if Suzanne came out and, like, you know, said, this is Clove's last name, every last name that I've ever created in my history of being in this fandom for any character, I just, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, well, yes, yeah, no. I'm sad yeah, that I we didn't get a story about another character. I'm also glad that we didn't, because it allows us to be so creative and it just it's what keeps me in this fandom is just having that creative freedom so like while I am sad that we didn't get a Johanna or Finnick book I'm also very glad because the content creators can continue you know giving us what we love yeah I feel like I mean I don't do as much content creation as you do but like for example if like Suzanne Collins came up and she's like well actually um Katniss and Peter's children aren't named Willow and Rhett. I'd I'd riot in the streets right now. <laughs> like, oh God, I would. Um, their name, their children's name are Willow and Rhett. You can come discuss this with me outside of Denny's parking lot. I don't care. We will have this discussion. But um, yeah, I feel like if we're gonna get new content, it should be helped. It should be used um to inspire like fan content. Does that make sense? Like we learn more about. District 2, for example, and then you get to use what you've learned from that and implement it into your, into your own fanfiction. Exactly. But it doesn't necessarily, like, negate all the hard work you've had, like, during these years while you've been creating, you know, Clado content. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like with Snow, we get, like, it's sort of a win-win. You don't get anybody's, like, fanfictions ruined or, like, headcanons ruined. Um, and you also get, like, new content about 
how the Capitol works. Well, I mean, I don't think anybody's writing President Snow fan fiction like your name, you know, self-insert <laughs> President Snow fanfic. I don't think anybody's like, I'm sorry if you do. But um, yeah, I don't think having a Snow prequel is necessarily going to ruin, you know, fandom experience as much as like Finnick or, I mean, any, we're, we're saying Finnick because that's like the most vocal. Mm-hmm. But, you I know, I've Finnick seen was people, the big one that people were upset about too. And Hamish, because people really oh, yeah, want to know Hamish, about 100%. the 50th games, which, you know, I really enjoy the 50th game. So is it going to add anything else to the story as a whole? No, because really. we learned because we learned about it. We learned about it in Catching Fire. We learned, you know, how how the whole game's played out. And I mean, I don't really think it's going to add anything new to the story besides like fan fan, you know, what is it? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, I know people are just looking for it, and Suzanne Collins is just going to, like, hand it over unwillingly. While, I I mean, I'm all for Hunger Games content. Um, I I just want it to be meaningful. It isn't like other franchises out there that just constantly spew out things just because, you know, they want to. It has to have some meaning towards it. Yeah. And that actually brings up um, the next point that we have is when people think that this is a cash grab. Like, that's a perfect transition. No, it is not. It's not at all. I, I have to disagree with that because you can see some obvious cash grabs in like other franchises. Harry um, like Harry Potter. <laughs> you, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. J.K. Rowling had no business making Cursed Child. She had no business writing that book because you know what it just did. It just kind of ruined everybody's opinions on like what these characters were going to be like as parents. Exactly. You know what ruined you know you know okay. I'm gonna go off on a tangent real quick. Go the way this. J.K. Rowling's portrayed Harry as a parent disgusted me, and you know there was really no other point to have that book besides more money for her. Exactly. We didn't know. We didn't need to know. Okay, spoiler alert for Cursed Child. I spoiler alert for the book. But Harry Potter in that book just isn't really a good parent, and Voldemort has a has a child. We didn't need to know that either. I really don't think it adds anything to the overall series of Harry Potter. And, you know, I have my issues with Fantastic Beasts, and I think that's a cash grab too, but at least it adds, you know, it's a prequel. It adds more. It adds, it adds more depth to the story. Um, but, yeah, when you do, like, continuations, um, there was a question that somebody asked if there's going to be um, – who, who was it that asked that? CW4466 on Instagram. Yeah, okay, so they asked, do we think there will be a sequel to Mockingjay? And I feel like it's a definite no, because is is a sequel to Mockingjay really going to add anything else to the story that we don't, that is going to, like... That's going to matter, to be it. honest. Like, will it yeah. even matter? Because if um, we get, like, a like a sequel to the, to the Hunger Games trilogy, which I don't really feel is necessary, um, we always run the risk of, like, ruining our perceptions of how these characters are going to act as parents. Exactly. And I prefer to just have that like in, like we can make that up. We can, we can fill in the gaps. I don't really think it's necessary for us to do that. And, you know, cursed child is a really, really big example of how that could go wrong. I agree. And I feel like it would be a cash grab if there was a sequel to Mockingjay because, you know, we need conflict in a story and, if at the end of Mockingjay, like we we lost, we had a lot of losses in Mockingjay. We lost Finnick, we lost Prim, and you know if there's conflict again, 
I would be really pissed off because, you know, we went, we lost these two great characters in order to, like, win the rebellion. But, yeah, I, I don't want there to be a sequel and I don't think there will be a sequel. So, for me, I, uh, I agree, obviously, that I do not think that this is a cash grab whatsoever because, for me, if Susan Collins wanted to make money regarding this as if she isn't already making, you know, yeah. like, so much money, she would have... Con- consistently put out more and more and more and more and more and more content yeah. for us especially during the time that the movies were around because that's when the fandom was really thriving so if she wanted to introduce us to something she would have done it like a, maybe like a year after the last movie came out because the fandom was yeah. still bubbling with energy around then but she didn't she do that five years she waited five years to have new content. Yeah, well, she and waited. Like that. She waited years because the Mockingjay book came out years ago. Like it's been a True. long time that she has put out anything new related to the Hunger Games that isn't like an interview or you know new covers for the books. So for people to like say, "Oh, Suzanne is a cash grab because she's putting out a new book and there's gonna be a movie," I think it's just bullshit. I honestly think it's so bullshit because for someone who's been a fan. And I know that you can probably relate to this. Someone who's been a fan for so long, you know, any scrap that Suzanne gives us, even if it is just an interview, I just like eat it up and I'm like, hell yeah, like give me more assists. But she never does because I think she knows that her fandom is just so like, I think in all honesty, our fandom is the most chilled fandom of all of them. Like we're just so lax. Like all we do is just vibe and enjoy Mm -hmm. the characters. It, It just bewilders me that people can say, hey Suzanne's writing a new book this is a cash grab hey Lionsgate's making a new movie this is a cash grab like there is we only so know many other people like you said book. JK Rowling is a huge you know cash grab people and I don't mean to like diss on the Harry Potter fandom there but I'm sure they agree with me no I like Harry Potter I just don't like JK Rowling's so there that's that yeah there. exactly yeah um but a question from I hope I don't say your name wrong but Annalisa the book rat on Instagram um, she asked, why do you think Suzanne decided to continue writing in the world of Pan Am? And I think this question correlates very well with what we're discussing right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm going to be honest, I really don't know why she did, but I'm really glad she did <laughs> because it's been a <laughs> long time. And I think she knew a little part of her knew that there was more to be told, even if it's not after Mockingjay, there was certain characters that really didn't have that had a major role to play in the trilogy, but they didn't get enough background to to make us wonder or to know, like, anything about them. Yeah. I kind of wanted to answer why she she um, decided to make this. I feel like she was looking at, you know, the politics of today. Because the politics of today true. is very That's different true, yeah. from, like, the politics of when Mockingjay came out. I mean... You know, you see who's in the White House now, and she's obviously going to want to make a comment about this. Like, I feel like whatever Su- when whenever I see Suzanne Collins like and in doing an interview, she's very measured in what she says. Like, she she considers things carefully. And yes, good point. Like, everything that she says has meaning, and I feel like this she would not put out content if she didn't think it was relevant to what um, readers today would be looking for, and. Yeah, I feel like um, this book has a lot to say um, in the capital, about the capital, sorry, but also about like the state of politics today, which, you know, good for her. I don't think this is a cash grab at all. And yeah, I feel like 
that's pretty much it. Um, I hope she she does more more besides the Capitol because you know as much as I like the Capitol, I kind of I kind of just want to see the other districts. Yeah, but, but maybe like, like a completely was... new character, even just like a yeah. citizen. Yeah, I really want to see District 4. I really want to see District 4. District 4. I think any career district is something that I'd be very interested in seeing. You can just say District 2. It's okay. Okay, District (laughs) 2. So the next thing that we wanted to talk about is um, stuff that we really want to see regarding the book and answer some of the other questions that we got from the listeners. So my first question is, I think we, we've said this a lot in this podcast or in this episode, but um, I'm really curious to see who the District 12 girl is. Um, give me the content, Suzanne. I'm no longer asking. <laughs> um, I'm also really excited to see how Snow was back when he was younger. Um, I want to know how he got into power. I want to know how and why he is the way he is now, or I guess in the trilogy. And then something that we also mentioned before is I'm really interested to see the capital culture. I want to see the world building behind that. I want to know how what people do with their lives and stuff like that. Even though, yeah, it is the 10th games, so it's it's not as recent as the trilogy. I'm still really curious to see how, like, the richer, you know, capital people go about their yeah. lives and stuff like that. And that includes um, school. Like, I'm so... I'm like a geek for this but I love academies and I love schooling in the Hunger Games yeah. world so I'm super excited to see how that there's not out. a lot content of it we just get like a couple of throwaway lines where Katniss talks about how like they talk about mining and capital in the in their schools but yeah it was mostly in Catching Fire when we got like a little bit of a cat like schooling but I hope there's more yeah I, I really I really hope there is more and it'd be super it'd be really nice to know because it would benefit um someone like me who writes about the academy. kids like the tributes going to school and stuff. Um I'm also really um interested to see the past victors and to see if they play a role at all within the games because obviously there were, you know, a couple other Hunger Games before the tenth one, obviously. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how where they're from. And if we learn anything about them, because that would be really cool to know, like, who won the first games? Ooh, I guess I guess we uh, might find out. Be a and then obviously, what will probably ahead. be a career district that won the first one. I love that for them, honestly. Oh, my God. This is a career scam here. <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, I guess, like I said before, a little bit more in Tigris. Um, I also really want to see Suzanne at the end of this book Snow is still the bad guy like I really like there I, I, I'm fine with some moments during the book where I'm like okay like yeah I sympathize a little bit but at the end of the day like I still want to be like he's a bad guy Yeah. and lastly with no mention of peacekeepers I don't think we have had any information on them I have to wonder if they're even a thing yet so yep. Yeah, that's that. Those are my things. Um, with the peacekeepers being mainly from District Two, if we could have more District Two content, if the like the rule, <gasps> like the role of peacekeepers isn't yet established, but I don't know, they might already have peacekeepers. We're not really sure about that, but we haven't heard anything about um peacekeepers yet. 
Yeah. So yeah. Um, as for me, I I'm hoping I'm sick of love triangles. I'm really sick of love triangles. <laughs> like I, it's but I especially don't want a love triangle with snow in it. I can't. I don't. Oh, want yeah. That. No, I don't you. really think. I think romance is enough of a stretch. But two two people pining for him, I don't think so. I don't think that's realistic. And I mm-hmm. I just don't like love triangles. I didn't like it in Twilight. I didn't like it in Hunger Games. I didn't like it. I don't like it in general. I don't want it. To, I don't want to see it. Now, about, I mean, Grace already talked about this, but I really want to see the District 12 girl. I want her to, like, to wreck Snow. I want her to, like, keep him on his toes at all time. I, <laughs> I'm really excited. Like, I really think that she's going to be, like, this sharp girl, and I hope she is. I, I want her to, like, um keep snow uh like on his toes but also like kind of question like oh people from district 12 aren't like the lowest of the low as we mentioned earlier in the synopsis like i want her to challenge his point of view on what the districts are like because yeah uh, we get you know this is obviously in the movies where uh snow is talking about uh his visits to district 12 and like the outer districts when he's talking to son of ukraine um, and he's talking about like how hope is the the one thing that that's like more dangerous than fear for them. So I want her to like instill in him that these outer districts have the greatest chance of rebellion because they're they're the ones that are the they're the ones that are treated the worst out of all the districts. I want her to, I want her yeah. to challenge his worldview. That's basically what I'm trying to say um, about the districts. Now, I, I really love District 12. Don't get me wrong. I love the, the content of the districts. Um, well, just District 12. Because we only get District 12 and 8. A little bit of 8. Uh, mm-hmm. And 11. But that's not really that much. Um, I I don't want to hear more about District 12. I don't... I want to know more about the other districts. Like, for... Like, hell, I'll take some career districts. Because I know they have a totally different outlook on the games. And, you know... District 11, District 12, I, I really want to know more about how other districts are are faring during the Hunger Games. I'd have to agree with that as well. Yeah. Um, and who knows? I mean, like, they actually have the opportunity to travel since they're from the capital. So we could see it. I'm not going to hold my breath on it. I But I really like to see some District 4 content. Um, now, on the other hand, give me the capital, like, everything capital give me everything <laughs> about the capital i want to know like the most bizarre things about them you know i want these w- weird outfits so like when we get the movies like we can get serve after serve um yeah i i really i'm really excited to to like see the aesthetic of the capital again and how you know it's a different time period for the capital so it's always also going to be a bit dated i'm really yeah, excited to see true. like what the aesthetic is it's after be. war time yeah. too so I don't think they're going to be as, like, opulent and, like, extravagant as, like, what say you, Effie Trinket or, like, Cinna. Well, Cinna wasn't really that extravagant. He, he was sort of told don- toned back a bit. But, um, yeah, I feel like the aesthetic of the capital is going to be totally different than what we know during the 74th game. Like, the 74th Hunger Games and all that. Yeah, I really am looking forward to that. And... We mentioned a bit earlier that the capital was wasn't really like all about the games, and they had to have sort of been sold a bit on the idea. So, um, bringing the propaganda, bringing the propaganda, 
So I'm yeah, really excited. I'm really curious to see how they also, do that. Also, the promotion for the movie is, is I think it's going to be like equally as great as the promotion for the Hunger Games trilogy. Oh, I hope so. Like, I they're going to so. be their own self-contained promo, like propaganda promos for the movie. I'm, and but it's also going to have like this old-timey feel to it. I'm really excited for that. Like the aesthetic. Oh, of it's going to be. It's going to be banger. It's going to hit. Now I'm. I put this part in just because, like, I don't really know how Grace would react if we didn't have any District Two content. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like praying for her sake that she gets District Two content, so like Suzanne Collins doesn't show up missing the next day because. um yeah but like in all honesty i would really like to see any district content that isn't 12 because since we know so much about district 12 already i i want to know more about the other districts and district 2 is like a really polar opposite opposite i can't speak tonight a really polar opposite to district 12 and yeah i feel like it'll provide some other insight into how the districts are doing after the dark days yeah and yeah i'm nodding and people can't see it but i'm nodding along (laughs) Um, yeah, so as I said before, the District 12 girl better win this. I'm going to be really mad if, if she isn't winning this because I already know, like, my heart belongs to her already. I'm I'm sold on her. And this this last point that I'm going to make kind of contradicts, like, what Grace said about Snow. But, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm advocating for George McKay as, as Snow. You think I don't want a, oh, you think I don't want a hot snow? You think I don't want sexy snow? Because I do. I, I can totally tea i can totally justify like not wanting snow to be sympathetic or i don't i mean i'm not gonna walk out of this like a snow stand i know that we all know that oh yeah same 100 you know what i say on like social media is just it's just jokes i don't really see myself like walking out of it like oh yes like snow did nothing wrong like i'm not gonna do that but you know make him hot just make him hot (laughs) just make him hot hot. i mean i feel imagine the the promotion if he is hot like i mean listen if it's cody fern i'm gonna be so angry because he's gonna bring all his stands with him and cody fern or timothy shallow oh no no it's i timothy's already busy with dune so i don't i i don't even think that's a possibility but cody fern like i feel like um i mean he also has said on his instagram that he like he threw, he posted like a fan art of him as President Snow oh, or something, yeah, and I was right. like, "Dude, you're you're lucky if you think you can get out of Ryan Murphy's basement." That's all I have to say. Um, <laughs> but no, don't get me wrong. Like I like Cody Fern. I think he's a he's a good actor, but I just don't see him as like something. Like I don't see him on range as like what he what a young Snow could be, because I feel like all of his fans are just basing his, his performance as uh, Michael Langdon for American Horror Story. And oh, yeah. I'm going to be honest with y'all, I didn't really enjoy that performance. I felt like it was very, like, it was very standard for a villain. And he did provide, like, some some thoughtful performances as Michael Langdon, but um, I don't really think he's the right fit for the role. Whereas George McKay, this really has just turned into me being, like, George McKay, 2020 for Snow. George McKay is President Snow. I mean, listen, I if Cody Fern gets casted, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna complain about it because you know he's a good dude. He's a nice dude. So um, I just personally would not like to see it. I just want a hot snow. That's yeah, all. and that's the same thing with Timothy Chalamet too. Is his fans tend to be a little bit younger. I know I have some friends that really like Timothy, but I mean Timmy's Timmy's a great actor and everything. I just don't think that he looks like he could be President Snow. I don't think he could. 
I just don't think he can pull it off. Like he can he be related this, to. He has this very Snow. boyish quality about him, and I don't really think exactly. that um, that would translate over well to Snow. And I also know he's really busy with other projects. So yeah, I don't. I don't think that's gonna happen. To be honest, um, he is a good. They're both good actors. Yeah. Like Cody Fern and Timothy Chalamet are both good actors. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm to trash on him just for like George McKay, but. I mean, George McKay was nominated for an Oscar, but... Yeah, for those who don't know who George McKay is, and you're just, like, shaking your head, like, who Google the hell is this person? Right now. He Google is right now. the... Yeah, he's the actor. He's, like, the main lead in the movie 1917 as well, if you've seen that. So, chef's kiss to that. It's a really great movie. He has a really great performance in there. And, you know, I, I was watching something of his where he was, like, playing a villain. I don't remember what it was. But he did a really good he did a really good job in that and I was and I was really having like this this is kind of what like I pictured Snow to be. I have to I have to like look it up for later. I know it exists because I was watching it like a week ago. I feel like he yeah. has the range, the capacity, and also like I mean he's done movies before and he's done like an Oscar nominated movie. So I feel like he has the chops to do it. But also with that being said, I also wouldn't mind a completely unknown actor playing President oh, absolutely. Snow. I feel like that would be best. Overall, that would be best Mm -hmm. because, you know, Jennifer Lawrence was kind of, kind of, I mean, she did Winter. Yeah, Winter's Winter's Bone, Bone. I think. I mean, and that was, that was a well-received movie, like generally well-received, but like. Didn't she get an Oscar? No, she got an Oscar for Silver Lining. Yeah. Oh, okay. She got nominated for an Oscar, though, for that movie. Did she? I'm not. Oh, see, I don't remember. I know she won uh, an Oscar for Silver Lining because of, because of that movie. Um, but yeah, Jennifer Lawrence was like relatively unknown. I mean, she did movies, but she wasn't like as big of an actress. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, like mm-hmm. an actor who hasn't really reached their peak capacity yet for a president. Yeah, I think the entire cast of The Hunger Games was yeah. that way. I at really the time. like the most prominent actors of that time were like the adults, like uh, Woody Harrelson, Elizabeth Banks. Hell, even Donald yeah. Sutherland. Like, Donald Sutherland. Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, Lenny Kravitz as Cinna. Like, people were like, I don't see it. But when he once he, like, came out, we were like, yeah, he's totally there. Absolutely. But, yeah, out of, like, the sure. like the younger actors, I feel like Josh Hutcherson was, like, the only one who was, like, well-known. Because he was a child actor as well. And yeah. Liam, Liam Hemsworth was just known for, like, Miley Cyrus. Being the Miley brother. Cyrus. That was pretty much it. Like, um... Yeah, so they sort of like became bigger actors because of this, this role that they had. And, you know, I, if it were up to me, I would have unknown actress, actress and actor for all of the cast here. Besides, like, I know that they're gonna have to bring in like, big actors to like promote this, because I, I don't think, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the new characters, like, the young characters, I, yeah, I think I they're exactly going to do, like, unknown. I hope they do unknowns. Because I think that would be best. I don't want, like, yeah. the Hunger Games fan was al- already pretty chill. And if we bring, like, Cody stands or, like, Timothy stands or, like, George McKay stands even, like, it's going to get a little bit weird. I mean, already you notice an influx of, like, other people joining the fandom just because they're like, oh my god, this is, like, a new thing to be obsessed with since certain other fandoms that shall not be named let them down and like while i'm always 100 yeah we're not here to get fans i want i want to remind you guys that but um yeah but at the same time you know we've gotten so comfortable with this little bubble that having people that have 
or that having people that have having people come from other fandoms related to actors or actresses especially some that may just I don't mean to say toxic but I feel like toxic is like the only word that I can really think of or just like a little dramatic maybe I don't know but certain fandoms tend to be that way and those fans you know colliding with us it just it's like a recipe for disaster and I just don't want my I just don't want my safe space and my bubble to you know have that Mm -hmm. I don't know I I mean there's the the issue with like casting is um if they cast a known actor, it's just going to bring, like, their camp to the Hunger Games. And, you know, most some of them will already be Hunger Games fan, but, like, let's be real. Most of them will just be there because their favorite actor or actress is playing the role. Exactly. And while I, I respect that and I, you know, I respect, you know, standing and stand culture, um, there are people here who, you know, have based, like, a lot of their time to creating Hunger Games content and a lot of their time to building these fan fandom spaces that are meant to be inclusive and we don't want to push anybody away but we also want to recognize that like you don't overtake us in this fandom exactly because exactly. um this isn't like especially younger yeah fans. especially uh, younger fans i'm all for like listen i will be here to like force everybody to read the books and watch movies and all that i'm not saying this to gatekeep i'm just saying this like respect the space that has already been made and respect, like, because we we don't have wars with between each other. Like, what we have is shipping wars, and it's not even that bad. It's not even that bad. Yeah. Um, it's really not bad at all. I mean, there's some things with, like, the Everlark people that think it's, like, whatever. But, like, <laughs> nobody ever really agrees with them regardless. But you know what I mean. It's just, it's just chill. It's so yeah, chill. Yeah, and, you know, with how, like, fandom culture is today, I'm just really worried that you know once the once the cast list is announced um it's gonna bring like a ton of people who i don't know i don't want to say toxic because you know i don't want to generalize i i feel like you can like something and not be attributed to the to it as a group but um the most outspoken the most vocal are, are kind of going to make this this fandom space a little bit like draining to be around yeah i don't want to i don't want people to come into this fandom and treat it like a competition yeah. either like oh I can be the big fan account you know like I used to be a I used to be a Harry Potter fan account and now I'm a Hunger Games fan account and I have 13,000 followers on Twitter and people just bow down to me like I don't want that in here I don't want that I don't want those clicks I don't want that mentality in this fandom because there really isn't any of that and if there is which I'm sure there are I I just don't associate myself with it I don't put myself in situations where I have to deal with it because it's just not something that I like, I like, like Carla, mm-hmm. for an example, like on Twitter, the only reason why I found Carla is because she was so chill and she was so fun and she was posting stuff that I mm-hmm. genuinely liked. And she never was like outrageously like, oh, I, I've been here for eight years. I'm just like the best person ever and stuff like that. She was just like super lax yeah. and just, that's what I want to see in this fandom. And I feel yeah. like with this new it's book. It's going to turn things into a competition. and it... Exactly. Like there's going to be some people from like, you know our time who've been here since like before the first the first movie or like like since the first movie and we're some people are gonna be like well we've been here all this time and you guys can't join the fandom that's not what i'm advocating for what i'm advocating for is that you know these big accounts right now on twitter who you know see like that hunger games is just like in in its peak again and like in 
in like talks again and they're going to convert themselves into a Hunger Games fan because, you know, it's fun to talk about. Like, they get more likes and retweets because they talk about it. Exactly. And, you know, exactly. The you're, engagement. You're a stan account. If you are here for that reason, you should not you're be here at all. You're a stan account. You're, you're not famous. I want to make that very clear. I mean, <laughs> there's some people who treat it like, like they're social media influencers. Like, no, we're just here on fandom because it's a form of escapism, fiction. We, we read these stories because we we seek out to escape from reality and we join fandom spaces exactly. to like share our stories and share our experiences with other people who are as passionate as, as we are about it. And, you know, bringing it back to like whoever is going to get casted as this, that is why I'm so, I'm so for an unknown casting. So like the people who are already in love with the Hunger Games fandom and who are already devoted to the Hunger Games fandom can build this unknown actor or actress or whoever is is casted as Snow and the Antigris and the District 12 girl or whatever, um, we can build them up as a fandom. I don't want exactly. I don't want their stands to use the Hunger Games fandom as a stepping stone to like get their their person more clout. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Um exactly. Spot on. So do you want to discuss the other questions that people send in? Yeah. So I think we answered this one already. Um, already, Nutella nineteen eighteen asked what we were most excited for about the book. I think we kind of covered that during the episode, so we can uh, skim over that one just a little bit. But the next one is from Jabber Jays on Instagram, and they asked, "Do we think our opinion on President Snow will change after reading?" It should. I think it should. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I think when reading this book, we need to go into it with an open mind. I mean. Listen, we all know that he's the the antagonist of the Hunger Games. We aren't denying that. But we also need to recognize that he is the protagonist of this next book. And Mm -hmm. we aren't going to connect with this next book unless we have an open mind and how this character is being portrayed. And the whole purpose of this book is to give us a new reading into what his character is like and how he got there. So I think our opinion... I think my opinion at least is going to change and I feel like it should change as a result of reading that. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I don't, but with all that also being said, I don't, I'm not going to like finish this book like you mentioned earlier and be a snow stan. Like I'm not going to be like, oh my God, I love President Snow. Like, am I going to like him as a villain? Of course. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of him being a villain, but I'm not going to be like, I'm like in love with this guy. Like I just... People, I think, just need to separate those two things. The villain and just... Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> I mean, if you want to um, stand President Snow, go ahead. But um, I just I just think that if you're walking into this with the head with the headspace that, you know, he's the villain. He is, he is never going to do anything right. You're not going to get anywhere with this book. Exactly. Um, so exactly. the next question, we sort of touched upon it a bit more. Oh, the relationship between Tigris and Snow from Clove Never Misses on Instagram. So they asked, what dynamic do you think Tigris and Snow will have? Like, will they be close? Or, um, we kind of covered it already, but I just wanted to say that I feel like they, they are going to be relatively close. Cause oh, yeah. They're pretty, they're pretty close in age. You know, we have, like, this, this line in the first 11 minutes of the book about how... Um, they were together as children, you know, listening to their grandma. So, yeah, I feel like they will be close. 
I agree. And I think, I mean, even in the 11 minutes, we learned that Snow obviously feels bad for her and cares for her in some way as well. Yeah. So I think I'm more interested to see how they fall out more than they do mm-hmm. come together. I mean, he's worried. Mm, worried's kind of a, a, a strong It's a loose word. Um, yeah, it's a loose word because I feel like uh, he kind of implies that her her selling herself um is a but he says that is a it's a bad thing he's kind of embarrassed about it but is it a bad thing because you know he feels bad for her or is it a bad thing because it looks bad for the family Ooh, so yeah, yeah. um we'll find out how much he cares about his cousin or doesn't care maybe it's just how he wants his family to be presented or maybe he actually has you know genuine you know attachments to his cousin which Hopefully, because I don't want him to be, like, an overall bad dude. Like, I feel like he should be human at some point. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And the next question um, is from Nightlocks on Instagram. So, they asked, what are some of our favorite theories? Do you want to take this one first, or do you want oh, you me to go, go first? Um, to be honest, in terms of theories, I think my favorite one is the mm-hmm. romance. Um. And the Heavensby one being, the Heavensby family being kind of close to the Snow family, maybe in some degree. But I think other than that, like, I think those are just like the main two right now, because we we really don't know anything else about this book. So I I can't really, you know, I can't really like make up any other theory. Oh, the Victor of the 10th Games one is also one that I am on board with. Yeah, I agree. Most of my favorite theories have to do with the District 12 girl, like what her role um, is going to be in the story, how she affects president snow and you know if she's actually the first victor of the 12th for the 12th um district so yeah yeah i agree with that and um the next question is from silver blades on twitter shout out to denver um how big slash what kind of role do you think the career tributes will play in the 10th games? And do we think there will be as much direct interaction as there was with Katniss? And oh, her you should take this one. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I am completely, I, I am 100% ready to stand any career tribute in this games. However, I don't think that we're going to have a lot of them. And I don't really think we're going to have them maybe even at all. Because the in the trilogy with Katniss, she mentions that kids have been, um, you know, growing up, training their entire lives for this. And I feel like because it's so close after the war, I don't think a lot of these kids are focusing on yeah. training right now. If And if they are, then they're just now starting it. So I think the careers are just going to be people that, while, yeah, they could be a little bit more advanced in weapons, I think overall they're... they're uh, advantage would be that they're fed well that they're liked by the capital maybe even if they i don't we don't even know if we don't even know if the point, career thing is actually right. like a thing yet because exactly i mean it's the 10 hunger games we haven't really we have had you know nine victors so far that's why and, we have to have like um students from the academy mentoring the children because like there isn't enough mentors to exactly. go around like they haven't been a lot of people to win the games exactly so I, I'm, I'm all for careers and everything, but in terms of interaction, I don't think there's going to be a lot of them. I mean, maybe because they are in a coliseum, so it's not like they can go anywhere else, but I wonder yeah. how big that, like, 
how big like the space like the arena will be I'm curious because I don't think it was ever mentioned how big it was it's just that it's an old coliseum yeah because like if it's kind of like the whole purpose or advantage of having like these digitally simulated games was that people could spread out and the games could take longer so the entertainment could mm-hmm. take, take longer but you know if it's just like in a coliseum you know is there is there wood is there are there forests so people can hide are there like do you know because if everybody's out in the open it's just going to be a very quick game yeah exactly but you also have to think though like it is the 10th games and at this point there are capital people that are against it so I wonder if, to some degree, the the people that are in the games just don't want to kill each other at all. So they just kind of sit there rebelling for a bit and, until someone is just like, you know, I'm going to, I have to kill someone. Like, we have to get the yeah. show on the road. I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see how, like, the whole logistics of this game is. If, like, how big the arena is going to be. Like, how, to what extent are the relationships between the mentors and the tributes going to be like? Because... You know, we're at this point where, like, the Hunger Games are fairly new, fairly young, and some of the mentors might not have been completely sold on it. That's true. Good know, point. Coriolanus is, what, 18 right now? So he had to have been, like, 8 or 9 when the first game started. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he's going to grow up and see, like, children dying every year and be like, oh, well, you know, that's okay. That's neat. I, I think that most of the mentors are going to be, like, a little bit off-put by the whole games. See, this is what's so different with this prequel, is that, like, we're we're starting to see, like, we see how, like, the capital isn't, like, inherently evil. Like, Gail, like Gail assumes. Exactly. Like, the capital isn't just inherently evil. They were brainwashed, the same as, like, District 2, District 1, District 4, that, you know, the Hunger Games are a sport, they're entertainment. And... Yeah, I'm I'm just really interested to see how these games are going to play out. Not just because of, like, the, the gore and the violence and all that. I'm, like, how it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be... I think that's going to be the selling point of the book is the games. Honestly, like, that's the one thing that I'm really looking forward to the most is just the games. Ooh, what about the tribute? And in- I'm really excited about the tribute interviews. I just want to meet everybody. <gasps> oh, my God. I completely the forgot tribute about parade. that. Like, will they have the training? Parade? The training... All the parade. Oh my god, I, t- I totally forgot about that. That brings us back to Tigers too. Will she be a stylist for this game? Like, are there stylists? Who knows? Do they just walk out. Do they even have parades at this point? Like, see, this was. Oh my god, there's so much to like be unpacked. I'm just gonna yeah, more like, the more I talk about this book, the more I just want to be like, can I have a copy like right now in my hand so I can read it? It's going to be, like, so difficult trying to, like, stop ourselves from, like, reading the whole book in one sitting. Oh, I know. I know. It's going to be really hard. Oh, my God. Okay. So, we should discuss how, like, we're, how we're going to discuss the book in, in its full when we actually have it. Since we are, like, a few days out from its release. So. Yeah. I think we can do that in the outro, in the outro if you want to head out uh, to yeah, that right now. So basically what we're going to do when it comes to discussing Songbirds and Snakes is we all know that the Hunger Games trilogy, uh, each book is divided into three parts. So each episode is going to be dedicated to each part of the book. Um, Mm -hmm. We're just basing this off the assumption that, you know, Suzanne Collins is also going to divide Songbirds and Snakes into three parts. Um, if it isn't, we'll work out another way to do it uh, by chapters or some other manner, and we'll let you guys know. 
in the um, description of the episode. But um, yeah, we won't be discussing anything else besides what happens in those chapters or in that part of the book um, to avoid spoilers for y'all. We'll be basically, we're, we're both reading like just the, just until that part. So we don't have any other extra insight. We're just going off like what we were reading for the first time. And we'll obviously have a spoiler warning because we know that everybody can't have it like as soon as possible. And as you are all reading the book, um, whether it's alongside us and you wait for an episode to be posted or, I mean, if you do, then props to you, but, um, or you just read it all the way through and then you have questions that you really want to ask us and things that, you know, obviously just questions. Um, you can always send us stuff um, on Twitter. Our Twitter, again, is tribute underscore radio. And then we also have an Instagram, which is tribute radio podcast. Okay. So yeah. feel free to like literally ask us anything related to the book. Um, of course, though, if it, if, if it's something to do with like, um, I, I'll um, on Twitter and Instagram, we'll post like what chapters we're going to be reading. So you guys don't send anything and that relates to anything else. Because once again, we don't You're want spoiling spoilers. It. Don't spoil yeah. it for us either. So we will be very cautious of that. But um, yeah. And as for social media, we're not, uh, Grace and I have decided to not talk about it at all for a month. Oh, yeah. You guys, the appropriate time to read it all. Um, mm-hmm. and since we're respecting your, your spoilers, please, res- please respect ours. Don't spoil it for us. Yeah. Um, you know, we've waited a long time for this book, uh, as a fandom, I think it's really important to respect that, you know, we want to experience this book for the first time, just as Suzanne Collins expected us to. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, if you're going to send in emails at tribute radio at gmail tribute radio podcast, or is it tribute radio? Tribute Radio Podcast. All right. Tribute Radio Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, please let us know in the subject what part, like part one, part two, or like what chapter it's from, just so uh, we can avoid that spoiler. So, yeah, please don't be an asshole about it. Don't spoil it for us or for anybody. Yes, please. It's not a nice thing to do. We've been waiting for this book for a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think that's all we have for you guys. Yeah, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening. And as always, if you guys want to uh, add anything more to the discussion we, that you think we missed out on, uh, feel free to let us know and, you know, email us or um, send us a DM on Twitter or on Instagram. We'll be happy to talk to you guys. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. So, as always, happy, happy Hunger Games. Games. And may, and may the odds ever, ever in, your, in favor. your favor. Okay, that was better than last time. We still need to work on it. It was better. <laughs> we still need to work on it. But, yeah, um, please send us messages. We love talking about what you guys want, want us to talk about. So, yeah, I feel like that's pretty much it. Yeah. Peace and love, everyone.